you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the League Podcast believes in the legend of Kiko. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hensis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How you doing? This is getting grosser and grosser. Studio 66, <laughs> under Wes's ta- desk and under his chair pretzels crushed up on the ground um, the internet was unplugged on the computers there's a monitor on the floor the gold standard behind the glass do you know anything about what's going on when we're not here i saw nothing i saw nothing it is a pigsty in there though it looks like animal house got recreated in here yeah well if you want to talk about connective tissue mark you asked me uh just before the podcast went on who was sitting at your desk yesterday all right i come into well i come into work this morning and i find uh, napkins scattered about, some of them soiled, and like <laughs> crumbs and food in my keyboard, and all in, in stains and cup circles all over my desk. Why? Well, I think the same person might be responsible for both episodes. Well, I d- wow. we don't want to jump to conclusions on the pretzel situation on the floor right now, but Dave Damashek was sitting at your desk for the bulk of his shift yesterday. I'm honestly surprised because I take Dave to be someone that would take cleanliness. Hygiene, he seems to be high in that area. He is. He is a clean gentleman. A lot of people, when you think of Dave, very clean. With his own things. Well, that's probably... I'm at someone else's desk. Doesn't matter whose. I'll just leave food and napkins scattered about. All right. Look what you've done. Now we're going to have to issue a second public apology to Dave Damashek. I know. We've got to be careful with that. We have to be very careful with that. Fair. But you know what? Uh, we do have a lot to get to today, but um, we do want to... Uh, before we get going... You know, we spoke about on Wednesday's show that we had our NFL media holiday party this week. Um, as you probably saw or read by now, uh, Mark, you were involved in an incident on Wednesday night. So I just wanted to give you the floor just to get going today. All right. Well, it, it's, not a, it's not necessarily something that I want to talk about, but I, I already see that it's out there. So, And it feels cliche to me that I go to a holiday party. And misstep the way that, that I did. And I, listen, it, to you guys, number one, 
uh, but also to the extended, I guess, NFL media group. Uh, and these are my words. I, I'm sorry for what for what happened. I it was uncomfortable. I'm sorry. Let Let's just move on to the games. All right, cool. All right, so week 16 is here. It is um, a big week 16. A lot of playoff implications. Usually, when uh, we start going through the games for Week 16 on Friday. We go through the top games, but we're going to start with the hero picks right now because there's some heat in the hero picks this week. And um, the gold standard, can we uh, can we go down that road right now? Oh, can we ever? Defend your hero. Ooh, sultry. Like it is that, Seduction Friday. That we'll have to do for Seduction Friday with K. Rich not here today. Dan, do you know how you can't, you can't get a grasp on the Dalton scale? I think, I think society at large struggles with it, but yes, I, I'm the face of that struggle. I feel the same way about your use of the word heat. <laughs> I can't figure out exactly what it means and how many different ways you can use it. I guess I'm just okay. not up on the that kind of a... It's, it's like you a hip been new in, word to me. You haven't been in Southern California for long. Yeah. You start catching on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> is a that a Southern question. California? I guess I'd use it in a lot of different ways. But, it, you know, it just means, you know, there's something to it. There's a little sizzle involved. Gotcha. Okay. And but that, there's also, like, you can heat have, between two different people right, when it's, like, like a bad heat. Yeah. It suggests conflict, not attraction. Yes. It, it's definitely, it works on one level for conflict. It works on another level just for something ex- to get excited about. Like a buzz. Yeah. And I like when people are fighting. So uh, that's conflict. I like that heat. It's heat. And I like it. All right. All right. Thank you for clarifying that. Okay. I still don't know what the AD scale is, though. <laughs> All right. Let's start with the hero picks. And the first one we'll do uh, the New Orleans Saints heading to Carolina, heading to Charlotte, I should say, to face the Panthers. You know, not a lot of people would have guessed that the NFC South could potentially be decided with this game, but that's where we might be. Both these teams are 10-4. and four. I chose the New Orleans Saints in this game. I know the rest of you guys went with the Panthers, and there's a lot of logic to back that up. They're at home where they've been awesome this year. Uh, they have great defense. And more, and more than anything else, the Saints have been pedestrian on the road, a very average to mediocre team. That said... I think I just have a Sessler on this one. I just have a Sessler that Drew Brees is going to put up a big day. Um, I feel like they're overdue to do something, have an impact game on the road, and I feel good about it. I think I think the Saints are going to win this game and win this division. Hmm. If you were someone that believed that the tenor around the team matters you know, going into a game, that would help support your pick because they're angry in New Orleans this week and they brought up the lack of road wins to Sean Payton and he almost reached the point on Friday where he's like, well, you can't argue about that. You know, we never win on the road. You know, he's benching his left tackle. He's getting rid of his kicker who won him a Super Bowl. It, it's kind of that move that Sean Payton saying, look, we have to, if we're going to be the team we think we can be a Super Bowl team, this is the week, and he's kind of laid down the gauntlet, and they've played in a lot of games like this. The Panthers have not. It's a circle of the wagons game for the Saints. Mm. Bree said earlier in the week, he said Payton came in and was irate, said, I know a lot of these moves are going to be unpopular, but I'm making them anyway. We need some changes. I don't. It was overdue with Garrett Hartley, by the way. He had right. about four chances too many. I mean, he was... He was the fat kicker before Randy Bullock ever came <laughs> in the league. Enough. I mean, he was great in the Super Bowl. Come on. And it's not just the Saints have been a bad road team. They've been a very mediocre team for the past six weeks. They haven't scored at a, at a high rate. 
since Jimmy Graham really went to, had the plantar fascia injury. They're a different offense now. Well, Don't you think, though, that a number of people have looked at, oh, obviously the Saints go win that first meeting two weeks ago. Carolina, of course they'll take this one. Listen, New Orleans, like Greg just said, they've been in this situation over and over. We're going to find out if Carolina's matured to win this type of game. Yeah, but you were saying they've been a very mediocre team for a while. Well, they just trounced one of the best teams, we think, in the NFL two weeks ago. The Panthers. The team After they're playing they had this gotten week. trounced Medio- by someone else the week before. Mediocre teams do not destroy one of the best defenses in the league. And I think the holes in the Carolina secondary have shown up just a little bit lately. So we'll see if they can get pressure. The Panthers' offense, when you watch them every week, it's, it's a hard slog. And there's supposed to be some weather issues in this game. It might be thunderstorms. It might rain throughout. I think that helps Carolina a great deal. D'Angelo Williams looked terrific last week. But they have no deep threat. Greg Olson, at this point, is their best deep threat, and that, that's a problem. I think it's going to be hard for Carolina to win convincingly. I feel really good after you guys ex- <laughs> you defended the hero better than I did. So thank you very much. This is the game of the year, by the way. We brought facts and analysis. To There's the been a lot of games of the year. That. Greg has two games of the year every week. This is the game of the year <laughs> because it basically decides who's going to win the division. And not even basically. If the Saints win the game, they clinch the two seed and they win the division. There's no... You know, scenarios around it. The loser of this game has an almost impossible route to the Super Bowl, whereas the winner of this game has to be considered, I think, the, the next biggest challenger to Seattle. Good analysis, Greg. <laughs> Moving on, the New England Patriots, uh, coming off that tough loss in Miami, now travel to Baltimore to face the Ravens, coming off that dramatic Monday night win over the Lions in which uh, Justin Tucker went off and uh, hit a game-winning 60-yard field goal. Um, Greg chose his hometown, New England Patriots. So I ask you, Greg Rosenthal, to defend your hero. Oh, it's not that hard. Tom Brady, everyone's talking about the Rob Gronkowski factor that this killed the Patriots' offense. How can they recover from this? They had 450 yards of offense against Miami last week. They returned Kembrell Tompkins. They returned Aaron Dobson. It looks like Nate Solder is going to play. I don't think offense is their problem. Their problem is defense, and they're finally facing a team that can't really run the ball very well, uh, that's inconsistent throwing the ball. And I think the Patriots, they haven't been blown out in a game this year. They've, they've won a lot of close games. They've lost a lot of close games. There's not one team that has handled the Patriots. They've been a very good team. They've been a better team than the Ravens on balance throughout the year. And I think they go on the road and they get a big win to clinch the division. I'd be a little concerned. Pumping I know that his y- fist, double fist pumps. The lack of Gronkowski, look, they, it isn't the same thing that we saw in week three and four where they were literally just figuring out who they were. They have a much better sense of that, but they are 31st in the league in red zone offense without Gronkowski. And they're playing Baltimore, who's fourth best in red zone. So what is this, field goals? They're going to have to find a way to get into the end zone. Two great kickers. Well, we saw last (laughs) week that Baltimore can play that kind of game. I think Baltimore's defense has kind of flown under the radar this season. And uh, this is an interesting game. I I don't even know who I picked, but I think I like Baltimore. Well, if I have a hero pick, using deductive reasoning. Baltimore. Sessler sharp as always. (laughs) I like that. I, I think Baltimore is just quietly one of the hottest teams in the AFC right now. I'm just saying look out for the snowsuit renaissance this week. Ray Rice. It's so cruel. (laughs) That's terrible. Ray Rice, New Rochelle's own, New York style. Uh, Coming off two games, by the way, 17 carries, 67 yards as a 3.9 clip, which is 
Herculean for him this season. And then against the Lions, 12 carries, 56 Mm. yards, 4.7 yards per carry. He's all the way up to 3.1 yards per carry on the season. Is that hip getting better? Wes? He is essentially, compared to earlier in the year, he is right now Jamal Charles. Compared to earlier in the year. <laughs> he he did look – we pointed out in the podcast he looked better two weeks ago, and that continued. So that that's a concern. Elvis Doomerville uh, is a concern if Nate Solder doesn't play for the Patriots. But keep giving me these hero picks on the Patriots, by the way, guys. I picked up a couple. We got one against <laughs> oh, Atlanta. There, there. there was a hero pick in Atlanta. There was a hero pick against New Orleans. This can be the third hero was, pick take a for the Patriots. That was kind of a self-aware standing out of no, the chair. No, that moment. wasn't. That wasn't. Another There's couple of reasons to like the Ravens <laughs> this week. They, they've been on a winning streak. Yep. They, I saw Bill Barnwell's study from Grantland did a study on home field advantage over the past decade. And right behind the Seahawks is the Baltimore Ravens. Under Harbaugh, they've I think they've only lost a couple five six games at home. They do have an undefinable magic about them list this year, and especially the last month. That win over the Lions was the least crazy win they've had out of the last three weeks. It gets crazier and crazier. I'm waiting to see what comes next. Moving on, the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off a thirty twenty Sunday night win over the Bengals. Head the Bengals. Bengals. Yes, nicely done. Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. Is that how you pronounce it? Bengals. You're getting better. Okay. Uh, the Bengals. Uh, now the Pittsburgh <laughs> They're not Steelers. like seagulls. I don't know. I'm just trying my best. <laughs> head to Green Bay. They head to Lambeau to, to face the Packers. And um, it was announced today, but right before we came upstairs, that Aaron Rodgers will again uh, be out of the lineup <laughs> for this game. A huge game. It's really a bad situation. I, I wrote in the uh, write-up for that that this is like a Groundhog Day situation for the Packers. Their best players out of the lineup. When the games count the most, it has to be frustrating. You could tell with McCarthy. Chris Wessling, he has a hero pick on this. Wait, who did you take? No, I do. <laughs> I do, I do I not. Do. Oh. As soon as I heard the news that Aaron Rodgers is officially out, I sent an email off to all of you guys and the Rhino King. Saying that I'm using the little-used quarterback rule. Little-known rule with our picks. You can change your pick if there's a quarterback change. He thought Rodgers would be playing this week. If if there's a starting quarterback change, you can change it. And that leaves a hero pick for Mark Sessler and your boy Matt Flynn. How the... How the wheels have turned. You used to be so anti-Flynn. Now you're the only one... Used to be, you mean Wednesday? Yeah, that was was good times. (laughs) Uh, I am not... Matt Flynn is not my boy. You hey, he's the only. You're the only one backing him this week. Actually, Explain it. Well, you've, been, you've been so negative toward Flynn. He could file like a defamation lawsuit against you, and now you're picking him to win a huge game with the season on the line. I'm not picking him. This team has a little bit of magic to it right now. <laughs> They're going to win this football game. McCarthy, I listen. That guy is an is an icicle when it comes to emotion. You don't. You can't get anything out of him in a presser. He looked irritated. Obviously, a lot of angst going on. That's sort of got a us against the world feel to the Packers right now. They're going to win this football game. I didn't game. know that irritated, angst-ridden men made the best leaders. Right. Well, no, it was he. Listen, he's hurting for Napoleon. his team. I think that they're going to rally he, around him. <laughs> there it is. You keep saying they're going to win this football game when you. Overuse the word football. I've learned that's when you have that's when you have nothing because you'll be watching ESPN Sunday mornings. This football team's gonna win a football game in football weather. That's when they just did no preparation. Let's talk Sunday night, Greg. We'll talk Sunday night. 
I like it. Actually, this is way more confident than you typically are for your hero picks. Well, I had the same option that West did, which is you find out Rodgers is not going to go, <laughs> you can switch. And I completely logically respect why he would do that. I'm going to stick with this. By the way, the Packers win out here. They win this game and then beat the Bears in Week 17. They are the NFC North champions at 9-6-1. and one. So Seriously, though, they just, go. they just had one of the best comebacks in NFL history uh, that we've seen. I mean, just in terms you of improbability. for the Super Bowl, Greg. So you've obviously bailed on right. this team. Well, I don't believe they're a Super Bowl or a playoff team with Matt Flynn. Do we think that that second half realistically could be enough that they're a team that can win these types of games and get to the playoffs with Rodgers. I don't trust Without Rodgers. I don't trust, no, still don't I, trust them. I think both of the second halves in the last two weeks were against defenses that let off the gas pedal, and I think that is why Matt Flynn, a guy with a bad arm, is able to move the ball better. And, and the he Pac- hasn't done anything in the first half of those games. And the Packers' defense, you know, when you watch that game, it's not like they played great in the second half. Romo just missed throws. If he hits throws, they lose. If they catch interceptions, as great as that comeback was, they had two interceptions in the second half. If they caught either one of them, the Cowboys win the game. So I'm with you guys. Steelers, Ben, Romp. All right, moving on, Mark. So you were confident about your first hero pick. How about your second hero pick? The Cleveland Browns free-falling into another pit of despair this season. 4-10, travel to the Meadowlands to face the New York Jets, the hardworking, overachieving bunch run by Rex Ryan. Mark, you chose the Browns (laughs) to march into Jersey and win. Defend your hero. Well, I know the Jets earlier in this year had a good game, bad game thing going on. Jason Campbell, who I don't believe will even be with this team next season, has done a little bit of the same where he'll have a game like he played really well against New England. Last week looked terrible again. He's done this over and over. I like Josh Gordon against a secondary in New York that really is not very good. And I like... Cleveland's defense against the Jets offense that has no weapons. When you've got Kellen Winslow having to be the guy that goes to the reporters and says, I can't be stopped, that might have been true (laughs) six years ago, but that doesn't scare anyone. I'm surprised no one else picked Cleveland. That was never true. Maybe if he was getting on a motorcycle, no one can stop him. He looked pretty good in 2007 in Cleveland. I've enjoyed the Kellen Winslow Jr. experience in New York. It's been Completely uh, meaningless, really, and it, it exists basically in the ether, and he'll be gone and forgotten. But I've enjoyed his his quotes to the media where he complains about not getting the ball enough and then goes off against the Browns. He's a very entertaining um, person of very little. One of the most delusional NFL players of the last generation. <laughs> Seriously, the guy well, is kind of out of I'm his saying. gourd. Now, this game, you know, not not a particularly important game, but there is just a sliver of playoff implications here. The only way that the Pittsburgh Steelers can make the playoffs, and it's about an eight-part thing that needs to happen. They need the Jets to win out for any chance hmm. for the Steelers to make the playoffs. If the Jets... If you're right, Mark Sessler, if the Browns lose this game, that will officially eliminate the Steelers. If I'm right, I'm picking Cleveland to win this game. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying if Cleveland wins the game, the Steelers are eliminated. How about that for a little added motivation? Cleveland playing spoiler always. We need a little Dumb and Dumber clip so you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) But those aren't the biggest stakes of this game, by the way. No. Um, Oh, that's true. Sessler and I were speaking downstairs. It's my Jets against Sessler's Browns. We need to have some type of... Um, stakes here because obviously there's no playoff stakes for our teams. What did we come up with, Mark? All right. Well, 
when you when you root for these two football teams, you are a factory of sadness. <laughs> this guy is right because there actually is a great T-shirt out there right now, and it's they've done it in a few different forms where it lists every one of the quarterbacks that Cleveland that. has had since 1999. The Jets have had, you know, outside of Brett Favre and a few other potentially successful experiments, a lot of ugliness under center. It's the factory of sadness versus the factory of badness. That's that's, what this, mm, that's exactly what it is, and. Dan, uh, along the way, was given a Tim Tebow jersey. It was a it was a um, a wedding gift from the newsroom right after I got married. Right around the time the Jets acquired Tebow, and I don't I still don't know why this was the gift because I was never going to wear it. It was a Tim Tebow Jets jersey. It's still in my closet. Still has the tags on. Has never been worn. Um, if the Jets win. Sessler has to wear that tucked into jeans uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a football Sunday. However. If the Browns win, what do I have to wear? Well, you know, not given to me as a wedding gift, but found uh, somewhere in the newsroom. Yeah. Just lying around. Probably in a garbage pail. Close to a garbage pail was a in a pretty official-looking Brandon Whedon jersey. Yeah. Which Dan tucked into jeans will don on a football <laughs> Sunday, a busy day in the office. Uh, cameras will be taking photos for whoever loses this bet. I can't believe they gave you a Tebow jersey as a wedding present. It was rough. Well, was, who was behind that, Justin? It, yes, it came from, a, it came from idea. A, a gentleman who's quite into Tim Tebow. I'd rather they put a horse head in my bed. <laughs> it All wasn't right. great. Seriously, though, guys, your life is on the lines. You need to win a game. Are you going Whedon or Tebow to start? Hasn't Tebow proven that he can win these games? Yeah. I'm going Come Tebow, on. definitely. So on, the, on that stage, like a Hunger Games situation? Sure, sure I'd go Tebow. Tebow, yeah. definitely. Yep, Tebow. All right, let's move on to the rest of the Week 16 games. We will start with an AFC East uh, game, the Miami Dolphins heading to Orchard Park to face the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills led by Thad Lewis, and the Dolphins in a great position here, coming off a dramatic win over the Patriots, can really strengthen their grip on a potential wild card spot. Mark Sessler, the Dolphins going to get this done? They should. They need to do it. I think all of us were impressed by what, Ryan Tannehill did last week. He's he's playing good football behind an offensive line that's given up more sacks than any line in the league right now, and they're playing a Buffalo team that has more sacks than any team. That's the kind of thing when we the, how will that well. play out? Well, it, you, it it shouldn't right because you got Claybo back at right tackle for Miami who got torched by Mario Williams the first time these two played. So we'll see what happens. But I'll tell you what Miami I think has a lot going on. It's tough to win in Buffalo, but uh. I'm impressed with Tannehill, and I, I think that he's conditioned to getting his butt kicked week to week and still pulling it out more than we thought he would. You Dolphins. Just, you just convinced me that I made a bad pick. I should have picked the Bills for strategy reasons with Greg so I can gain on him, but Mario Williams, Jerry Hughes has turned his career around. He's been great this year. And they've been a different defense at, in Buffalo especially. Right, right. They've been really good. It's a dangerous game. I think Thad Lewis maybe helps the Bills a lot. The Dolphins are in the playoffs if they win these last two games. Even though they're not currently in that spot, they will make the playoffs if they win the final two games. I think this is the trickiest game because they're going to be home for the Jets next week. I think this is a much trickier game. This is the one of just looking at the whole course of the season. You see teams like the Dolphins lose these types of games to blow the year. Hmm. Watch out for that Jet game too. It's, it could be sneaky. Jets players playing through their coach's life situation. And you might get a good effort from Season New York. finale. They I, usually roll over and die in Week 17, the Jets, but they might put up a fight in that game. This will be very interesting to see how the end of the season plays out for the Dolphins. And I think the Dolphins are 
not a great running team, which does not work well this week because the Bills give up some big running plays. They give up a lot of 40, 50-yard running plays, and the conditions there are supposed to be wet. It's going to be a muddy track. So who who would you rather have, Fred Jackson and C.J. Spiller in the mud or uh, the Dolphins two-pack of Lamar Miller and my boy Thomas? One last note, no Stevie Johnson in that game. Yeah, no, no Stevie, no E.G. Manuel. Uh-oh. Moving on, the Minnesota Vikings, who are they going to have Adrian Peterson back this week? Questionable. He, he is questionable. He's expected to play. All right, they travel to Cincinnati to face the Bengals, who are coming off very disappointing, uh, grim Sunday night loss uh, to the Steelers. This would make sense, Greg, that the, the Bengals would get healthy here and beat up on a, a Vikings team that they're much better than. Is that how it's going to play out? We all picked the Bengals, and uh, it's hard to see the Vikings defense really doing anything. They're one of the worst groups in the league, but I think this is a dangerous matchup. The Vikings have been very frisky for the last five weeks, and if you put on the tape of that Vikings-Eagles game last week and you didn't know who the quarterback for Minnesota was, it was, you know, just cover it up. You don't know who it is. That was one of the 10 best quarterback performances by any player all season long. Matt Castle dropping bombs down the field on target. Corderell Patterson is kind of unlocked. Jennings looks a little better. Peterson's back in the lineup. I think it's a very dangerous game for Cincinnati. Wait, they're not a better offense without having to cater to Adrian Peterson all day, right? You're not no, saying no, that, No, no, right? no. I'm saying they're getting Peterson back. Plus, Castle played outstanding last week. The odds on him doing that two straight weeks. But I don't, he played great. If you just watched him for one game, you would have thought he was a top 10 type of quarterback. Would you believe the Vikings are 10th in the NFL in offensive touchdowns? Right. So I wonder what the number would be in only Castle starts because they've been putting up a lot more points when he does start. Uh, I think this is going to be a game with a lot of scoring. I think the Bengals will score plenty too. Well, on the other side of the ledger, the Bengals are one of four teams that have yet to lose at home this year. Surprising. You mm. don't hear them get brought up as one of the well, great Well, they do teams. play in the jungle. <laughs> they do clinch a playoff spot with a win. They don't clinch the, great. the, the division. But there's a chance here, <laughs> my favorite scenario of the week, that if the Bengals lose this game and a few other things happen, that the AFC North title could be on the line in Week 17 where the winner gets the two seed and the loser is out of the playoffs. The Bengals are not necessarily a lock. They need to get this game to be a lock and not worry about it. If we could give Mark one thing for Christmas, it would be the Bengals not in the playoffs. Mm. Listen, I'll say one quick thing. But the Ravens still have to make his hand or he wants to get out <laughs> of this. We're on pace for a three-hour podcast we're, right we got, you, you we'll said, skip through these no, Jaguars you, games at the end. You put on the tape of Castle last week and you don't let anyone know who it is and you'd be surprised to find out. You watched last week's tape of Andy Dalton. You know exactly who it is. <laughs> I'm not even trying to just be flip. That That is the guy that's holding that team back. That was a big game, and they blew it. The Denver Broncos head to Houston to face the Texans. The Texans lose every week, so I can't imagine they're going to beat the Broncos when Denver has so much to play for. Wes, Wes is going to say, though, that the Texans are going to put up a lot of points and win this game, isn't he? No. No, uh, I'm not going to okay. say that. I didn't think you were. Just... No, they they now are without Ben Tate. They have Schaub back under center. I haven't seen anything from Schaub in about a year and a half that would make me believe he's going to give the Broncos a scare. Can I just ask one question? What exactly happened to Matt Schaub? Why is he this guy now as opposed to what he was last year? Is it injuries or he's only 32? I that I don't want to get hung up on this, but that We talked about this a little bit earlier in the year that he's become a different quarterback in the fact that he doesn't go down the field anymore. Right. Even on play action, he he dumps the ball off, doesn't test defenses deep. To me, that seems like he had some kind of arm issue that he 
that the Texans and he just won't talk about. Mm. But that's just a wild guess. No Wes Welker in this game. They were frisky the last home game. They om- they should have beaten the Patriots in their last home game. No Wes Welker. That does change their offense quite a bit. They don't really have anyone that can replace what Welker does. They really changed up, and you saw that last their week. Their game at Indianapolis last week was one of the worst football games I've ever seen any team play. They were bad <laughs> at every phase. They could. They had some of the dumbest plays, some of the worst penalties, some of the worst mess-ups. It was just awful. I, they looked like a team that had checked out for the season. It's ridiculous that this Texans team is still fourth in total defense. That's very just misleading. shows you how stupid that stat it is. is. Yeah. It I is stupid yards. because it's not yeah, it at is. all who they've been on the field. Agree. The Tennessee Titans, uh, coming off an overtime loss to the Cardinals, travel to Jacksonville to face the Frisky Jaguars. That's a Frisky hat trick for the podcast, by the way. That's three Friskies <laughs> in the last five minutes. Um, Mark Sessler, this is a game with no playoff implications, but I want you to get us excited about it. I think what's exciting for Jacksonville's fan base is that, yeah, no playoff implications, but this team honestly has played a lot better in the last month and a half. And it gives you some hope that, I think, you know, Gus Bradley, I always thought he was a good hire, despite the talent he inherited, which was little or none. Uh, but they've got some interesting young players. So you're not going to see Cecil Shorts. He's out for the year. But, uh, you know, Todman is interesting in the backfield. I kind of like some of the young players on this team, and I think there's some hope. Their wide receivers rival the Jets. Right but not now. if you, oh, right now, but if you have Shorts and if you get, if Justin Blackman cleans the situation up, that's not a bad duo right there. Jaguars fans should be rooting to lose because they have the number two pick right now, and if they lose another game, it could really slide. I mean, they have the, I think actually they don't have the two pick now. If they win one more game, there's so many team at four wins that they're going to slide way down in the draft, and at this point, that's more important. They made E.J. Manuel look good last week. I don't think the fans have anything to worry about. Yeah, I never buy into the whole you get some momentum late in the season either. It doesn't matter. Do you, you think over. there's ho- some hope I think for he's this a good team, coach. though? I do, too. I, just, I, like, I like us. I think there's hope. I like the GM and the coach. The Indianapolis Colts coming off a 25-3 win over the Texans now travel to Kansas City to face a Chiefs team that uh, got pretty healthy against the Raiders, putting up a 50-burger. Um, Greg, this is this is a good matchup, and it'll be maybe a good indicator again as we try to get a grip on what the Colts are going to be when they get to January. Maybe put up a good effort here, and we can believe in them a little. Well, this is of two playoff teams. It's very possibly a preview of the Saturday afternoon game in the playoffs. It could be Colts-Chiefs, except the game would be in Indianapolis. We haven't given the Chiefs enough credit for totally turning their season around. We we killed Alex Smith and how lame he was early in the season. And this is what they've done the last four weeks. 38 points, 28 points against Denver, 45 and 56. And I know the matchups were easy for the most part, but I don't care. That's something else. I mean, they are putting up points, and they're a lot more dangerous right now than I ever thought they'd be. I now think this is the second best team in the AFC. They're going to get Justin Houston back. The defense will probably come around a little bit. And the offense is – Alex Smith is playing differently than he was earlier in the year. He's testing defenses down the field. Jamal Charles is, to me, a top three MVP candidate. This is a good team. I think they're better than the Bengals. I know they're better than the Patriots. And then then they should romp in this game. We all picked the Chiefs, by the way. This was a sweep. No love for Andrew Luck and the Colts. He's got to earn the – well, not him particularly, but the team needs to earn the, the respect. Uh, they had a blowout victory last week, and I was trying to think of one good takeaway for the Colts <laughs> from that game. 
And the only thing I could muster up was Trent Richardson had 51 yards in the fourth quarter, garbage time, which was the second most yards by any Colts back all season in one quarter. Think Oof. how much the Chiefs' sort of image has changed that Chris Wesseling yesterday in the newsroom was begging to cover this game on Sunday. He <laughs> wanted to see the high-flying Chiefs on the field. For all those guys that said we didn't give them enough credit early in the season, even though they're not playing defense, we're, we're kind of liking them now. Well, here's one game that nobody wants to cover, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> traveling to St. Louis to How face the Rams. You. Wes, I ask you I'm as, covering it. Uh, I'm well, excited I'll ask about you, it. Greg, uh, as, <laughs> as a fan of, uh. of this game and, and the competition that it promises to get Joe Football Fan excited. Weird name, Joe. Robert Quinn's one of the most fun <laughs> defensive players in the league if you like to watch defense, uh, certainly at home. I kind of like watching Glennon every week and seeing his development. It's it's not that great a game, but I assigned it to the myself because we also, all have to have some bad games on Sunday. We can't all have you know beauties. Buccaneers also have the most underrated defensive player in the NFL. Who is that? Levante David. Yes. You could make the argument Gerald McCoy is just as underrated. You could, yes. He, I mean, he's been great. It doesn't quite add up to a great team. You're right. I can't really sell this game too much. It doesn't matter. The Rams can get the seven <laughs> wins. Shiano's fighting for his job. Mark, you got anything? I'm letting you handle this one. <laughs> Win or lose, Les Need wakes up Monday morning and is still beautiful. Let's be fair. He's going to take out a restraining order on you. This is getting you know, creepy. Dan, there is a strange <laughs> pattern to your Les Need comments, uh, but we'll, we'll just roll with that. They're getting more and more direct. <laughs> uh, let's move on. The Dallas Cowboys uh, coming off just really one of the worst regular season losses in the franchise's history. There's no other way around it. Uh, head to Washington. They get the perfect opponent right now, the Redskins, who can't figure out how to win. Although, to their credit, and they got uh, lambasted again this week for being uh, a tremendous mess. But they almost won that game. They, they came a uh, two-point conversion away from doing it. Mark, I'm going to ask you, the Dallas Cowboys, are they going to get to Week 17 set up for the Shakespearean tragedy with a win here, get to that game for the division title? When was it, Week 3 or 4, that we first said... Dallas will finish 8-8 eight and, eight and probably win the division doing so. Uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. Not veering one inch off that prediction. And, yeah, they'll take care of business. But you know what's sad? This game is, is much more depressing than one could ever have imagined. <laughs> Why is that? Well, Washington is, to me, an energy suck. Yeah. <laughs> I, every time I have to read, think, ponder on what's happened in that franchise this season, it's, it's rough. And Dallas, meanwhile, is a team that has anyone still trusting the Cowboys is delusional because they cannot handle their own business. That game last week is disgraceful. That's a house-cleaning type of game. And they won't because they'll continue to make the same mistakes they always make. We all picked the Cowboys, though, just like we all picked the Cowboys last week. They'll win this game. We picked the Cowboys because the Redskins aren't finding ways to win. They're inventing new ways to lose. Yeah, Dan was trying to stretch to give him a little credit, but they were playing <laughs> the Falcons last week. Yeah. Let's not get carried away. What a what a delicious day it would be, though, for everyone in the country that do not like the Cowboys, which is pretty much everyone except for Cowboys fans, if they lost this game. I mean, nothing's out of bounds with this team. But you want them to win this game because then if you I really do. hate the Cowboys – it sets you up for the Week 17 Allen Chris Sunday night debacle, which is way more painful than losing in Washington in Week 16. It's, it, I guess it's more painful. That's true. It Unless you're an this organization. would be more embarrassing, though. Unless you're a team that is completely content to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Tony Romo is part of the problem, and I've always defended him as a guy that was underrated, I thought, throughout his career, but 
I, he's not hitting the deep ball. I mean, there were three plays last week where he had Des open and he couldn't hit it. He's been a big part of the problem. He needs to have a, a huge game. I totally agree with you. I, I've defended him his whole career. That His game last week was so bad, and it was such a big spot um, to falter in that way. I mean, he, it's almost as if, is it possible that all the negative uh, heat around him, heat, um, has <laughs> now started to manifest itself physically, and he is becoming what everyone said he was. Well, you know, Wes wrote a great piece about Dallas abandoning the run game, which I think was the fatal flaw last week against Green Bay. But he Green checked Bay. out of the run. That's point. my point, and that's what Wes also alluded was, to, is that this is, this is a guy they anointed as, we want him to be our Peyton Manning from right. the neck up, right? Down at the line of scrimmage. Mm. He's not that guy. Their second half, you couldn't draw up a worse coaching performance. You couldn't even invent it. They broke all laws of coaching. It was awful. <laughs> there's, so, there's so many things to kill about this team. But if they can win, uh, they get to next week with the game on line. If they lost this game, the Eagles can win the division on Sunday night. And, and if we do get that Week 17 game, that'll be the fourth time in the Romo era, right, that they're playing for the division in Week 17. I can't think of any other division that that's even happened once. No, Am I no, wrong? I don't know. No, Since this Sunday <laughs> night, you know, that's the only... <laughs> I can't think honest. of it. I don't think any division in the last 10 years, especially since they've done the flex game on the Sunday night, has had this situation. This would be the fourth time. They got drilled by the Eagles. They convincingly lost to the Giants in 2011, and then they lost last year to the Redskins. And we'll just keep putting would, them on national television. doesn't matter what they do. They're the most mediocre team in the entire <laughs> league, and yeah. they're rewarded. But they, it's entertaining. It's they, great it's not, TV. It's, at some point, it's embarrassing. And they make NBC, and they make Rog Guap. Speaking of losses that double as unspeakable tragedies, let's welcome on to uh, the line <laughs> to the Around the League podcast, Kevin Patra. How's it going, fellas? We, uh, you are a Lions fan, correct? That is unfortunately correct. Take us through your feeling Monday night. As John Harbaugh runs one into the line to set up a sixty-yard field goal, and then Justin Tucker drills it through. My um, thought was, "Thank you for running the ball." And then I was trying to figure out why Jim Schwartz wasn't taking a timeout just in case he made it to give his team a little bit more time. Fair. Uh, and then as soon as it hit the air, it, it was good. That's just how those things sort of go for Detroit. So, um, and then and then of course Stafford throws one high to end the game, and that was just typical. Right there to, to end it. I mean, that, I was in a room full of about a dozen Lions fans watching the game, and pretty much predicted the end of that game. Kevin, is it is this really your the true Kevin Patrick coming out? Yeah, disenchanted would be the word I would use. <laughs> uh, we decided the other day that the Lions fans have to be the most passive aggressive fan base in all of fandom. Uh, I mean, we're like the unappreciated girlfriend. We won't leave, but we'll just get drunk and make a seat at the holiday party or something. I can think of a few other fan bases. So, Patra, uh, you might have heard earlier in the week, after that performance, which was basically Stafford's maybe second or third really bad game of the year. He's played pretty well overall, been a top-ten quarterback all year. Mike O'Hara asked Jim Schwartz if he's considered benching Matthew Stafford. How did you feel about that line of questioning? This is what Mike Shanahan has done to us at this point, I think. (laughs) I think that's ridiculous. He's clearly the best quarterback on the team. He's 25 years old. You don't bench him for any reason. I mean, he's definitely not played up to his standards that he set. Even earlier this year, the last few weeks, he has 10 interceptions in the last five games. He does throw high too much. His mechanics, they, my problem is part of the problem is the coaching staff still um, 
had makes excuses for his poor mechanics at times. Um, I, I think that benching him is the most ridiculous overreaction. And even I think the, Michael Harris, one of those legendary B writer guys in Detroit. But I think he got overzealous with that question. This is really disappointing because I was hoping we could catch Patra in a moment of weakness. He would be on board with jettisoning uh, Stafford, <laughs> and then we could play it back to him uh, when Stafford is, you know, an MVP candidate a month from or a month from now or a year from now. Months from now. Well, yeah. you do want to fi- from now. Not- <laughs> <laughs> Probably you, not in a month from now. You do want to fire Schwartz. Right? You want to get rid of Schwartz. You want to clean house. You don't remember what it was like before Schwartz. I, I think the, with the Lions fans, there's a little bit of be careful what you wish for here with getting rid of Schwartz. Don't forget what it was like before he got here. Uh, trust me. I go to sleep every night remembering about Marinelli and Martin Wegg. <laughs> there's no doubt about that. Patrick, so here's the thing you have to understand about those guys, though. They also didn't have a Matthew Stafford at quarterback, and they didn't have a pretty decent defensive line either. Do you also go to sleep with the dulcet tones of Joey Harrington playing the piano? <laughs> <laughs> and eating strawberries too, yeah. Hey, so you, but let's be fair. It's not over yet, and there is a scenario which Greg seems to think is very possible, where the Lions somehow come out of this. I think they're going to the playoffs and win oh, win right. their division. Let me ask you: This is a pretty good spot for you now. You can get back on your feet against a pretty dreadful Giants team in your own building. That's a good way to get back on track, right? There, there, there's absolutely no doubt that I believe Greg is correct because I've seen this rerun before. It's called Wayne Fonts in the mid '90s where every time he was on the brink getting fired, he'd have an 8-8 eight and eight or 97 season to save his job by going to the playoffs and getting whooped in the first round. Rasputin. I've seen this story before. Nice. I All like right. it. Well, Kevin, you, you sound um, defiant or something's going on. I could tell there's, a, there's an edge to you right now. Heat. You, you are, yeah, there's heat involved. <laughs> you are the around league Chicago correspondent, and we'll check back in with you on Sunday and see how, uh, how you're feeling then. All right. Appreciate it, fellas. There he goes. Kevin Patra coming at you. Oh, I like that. That's new. Yeah, that was new. That came from somebody, I think, at the holiday party. We shouldn't bring the holiday party up. Okay, moving on. Arizona at Seattle. This is a big game. Obviously, the Cardinals, if they have any hopes of uh, holding or getting that sixth seed, they're going to have to take down the Seattle Seahawks in their building, which no one has done. Greg, I can't wrap my head around a scenario where the Cardinals come out of that building with a victory. Can you? I can. I think their defensive line and front seven just dominate the game. I think Russell Wilson's offensive line is one of the worst in the league. He gets pressured about as much as any quarterback in the league. The Cardinals have the horses to just have a great defensive performance, stay in this game, and win it late. It wouldn't shock me. This is one I mean, of those it, games. It would shock me, I guess. We're not going to pick them, but I could see it. I don't think anything's shocking Carson at this Palmer's point. Carson throwing four interceptions. Well, there's that's no the question. point, yeah. though. Wait, I, no I don't want to bring up that side of the ball. <laughs> that's fair, though. Palmer needs to play the game of his life. He's not had a bad season. Compa- I, what I thought he would be, he's he's gone beyond what I thought he'd be with, yeah. with Arizona this year. The last half season, he's been very Against good. Against an easy sure. schedule. He is who he is, though. Uh, he's kind of good I'm just saying, sometimes, I wouldn't have been surprised if sometimes. he were a disaster that had been benched in Week 8. I, I wouldn't have he been surprised. He was slinging it last week against Tennessee. He made a lot of great throws. Damashek told us yesterday that he has a Sessler on this game, that mm. the Cardinals will go into Seattle and win. And I told him he was nuts. You know, It's not happening. Hmm, interesting. It would be it would be shocking, and the the saddest thing yes. for Cardinals fans is it might not matter. There's a good chance that if they beat Seattle this week, and they beat San Francisco next week, 
they're probably not going to the playoffs anyways. That's how hard it's going to be for Arizona to get in because they're going to need other teams to lose. They really need the Panthers to lose this week to the Saints for any chance to get that wild card. Sounds weird, but it's because of tiebreakers. Are we sure this is still a great defense without the Honey Badger? No. It's a very different defense. They give up a lot of numbers, but they make a lot of plays. They're kind of like a boomer bust. They blitz more than any team in the entire league. Another team that has playoff hopes but a very bad tiebreaker situation is the San Diego Chargers. Uh, coming off uh, the great win in Denver on Thursday Night Football, they now host the Oakland Raiders, the free-falling Oakland Raiders. Uh, Mark, I ask you, the Chargers are playing very well. Phillip Rivers is having such a great season. They're probably going to take this game, correct? I think they're going to definitely win this game. You know, we looked at a couple of weeks ago at the teams remaining in the AFC who had a shot, and it was hard to look at San Diego because of the schedule. But they've gone and done. You want to talk? You know, a week ago we wouldn't have said, "Oh, we we think San Diego can go into Denver and take care of business," and uh, they did exactly that. And so I, I could see Arizona doing the same thing. But when it comes to San Diego, this team has uh, survived this far behind, I think, an underrated head coach who's done a, a better job than people expected on the offensive side of the ball. That's his side. That's his side. I mean, I think that Phillip Rivers is uh, the reason that you have to have some hope in San Diego still. I, I don't think they get in, but that's the re- that's your hope, Phillip Rivers. I think McCoy and Wisenhunt deserve a ton of credit for their scheming and their game planning and turning Phillip Rivers around and how they use their personnel, but their in-game coaching leaves a lot to be desired. McCoy has been... Uh, very questionable in the fourth quarter. I mean, you, you're right. We looked at the schedule, and we thought it would be too tough for them. And But they won in Kansas City. They won in Denver, and it's not going to matter. They're going to get eliminated this week if the Ravens or the Dolphins win their game. It's over for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they need both of those teams to lose, lose both their games the rest of the way. So their scenario. Po- that's possible. It's possible. That's not that unrealistic. It's tough. It's in, you need a lot of help. The key game for them, I think, and and I watched it closely at the time, was that loss in Miami. That was that was really the and s- the loss in Washington. But th- this one was especially late in the season against an AFC power, and they moved uh, not an AFC power, but another contender, and and they blew it. They lost too many of those games at the last second. We don't think there's any way Oakland wins this game and forces me to eat. Will Chris Wesley <laughs> eat his softball pants? I changed my mind. I am still a little concerned. They're a joke. Give oh, me a break. They have to beat that was the Denver, worst. too, though, the week Right, after. but that could turn into a meaningless game. Well, it could, but I don't well, – I think you're fine, Wes. I think it's – I think you're fine. You never want to say a team gave up or gives up, and I don't know if it was effort or coaching or what it was last week, but that was the most embarrassing performance by any defense all year, the Raiders against the Chiefs. It, was, p- it was pathetic. Yeah. The, it was just – we shouldn't give Alex Smith too much credit for that game because he was just dropping it off five feet away from him and then people running 70 yards down the field. Here's one of the games I'm most excited about this week. The Chicago Bears are heading to Philadelphia to play an Eagles team that got humbled in uh, Minnesota. That was a pretty bad defensive performance as well. And now these two teams are facing off with huge playoff ramifications on both ends. Greg, how do you see this? I like the Eagles. This was definitely the hardest game of the week to pick. Uh, Both defenses have major problems. I think Nick Foles has played his two worst games of the year other than the game he was hurt in the last two weeks. I know he put up numbers last week, but he did not look good. The lack of arm strength showed up. Uh, But ultimately, I kind of like 
Shady McCoy just running through that Bears defense, and I think they're built to win a a 48-45 to 45 game. It should be a lot of fun, though. It's one of the games of the year in terms of... Oh, another one. I'm just oh, saying in terms of... <laughs> it could be just in terms of pure fun. It's not great football, but a lot of I get what Greg is saying. He is just saying it's a game that's happening this year. Yes, he's right. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that's technically correct. Uh, you know, down in the newsroom we were talking about, they said someone from Network came over and said, who's going to have the game of the week? Right. And, we, and immediately I thought, in my mind, LaShawn McCoy, it was my original thought. And then I said it. And Dan hopscotched on that, but I said he would have 280 <laughs> yards rushing, which was incorrect. Because not he exactly will have going out on a limb here. No, I'm not. I think that's going to be a pedestrian. Is. This is like this that's is a pedestrian day against this. Bears this is defense. like when our fantasy crew is like, I know you might be thinking otherwise, but you should start Peyton Manning this week against. Well, Houston, no, we're not Texans. saying that's some. <laughs> we're not saying that's some edgy prediction, but it is the right call. You're gonna gonna going to want to bench Santana Moss. <laughs> he's going to blow up. Wait, isn't Lance Briggs due back? He is back. Oh, he's well, expected to be back. They won't. We won't know officially until Sunday, but it, right. sure, it sure sounds Difference good. maker. I agree. You're right they about that. They went on a streak of tied a record with six straight 100-yard rushing games allowed when Briggs went out. And Greg's made this point a couple of times. Cutler's injury wasn't nearly as harmful to the Bears as Lance Briggs' injury. Not when you've got a quarterback that comes in and plays better than your starting quarterback, but the linebackers on that team have been a disaster. Two of the top five offenses in the league, I would say. Which which offense do you trust more at this point? I trust the Bears. That's why I picked them. I think mm. their personnel is stronger. And Wes and I both took the Bears. This is one of we we were uh, pretty uniform in a lot of picks, but this one, uh, Wes and I took the Bears. Patrick Rosenthal and Cecil took the Eagles. Oh, who do you trust more, Riley Cooper or Alshon Jeffrey? Well, what are we talking about? Like as a human? Football. Oh, as a guy you would yeah. go to a country concert with? No. I think Alshon wins on guy. every level. Of course he does. <laughs> Although, I, with Cutler in there, I, I didn't love how he treated those two receivers last That's week. That's true. He did, did have only have eyes for Marshall for a good portion of that game. And the one weird thing to watch in this game is Tressman, Mark Tressman, their, the Bears coach, left open the possibility of resting their starters in Week 16. Which sounds crazy, and some crazy things have to happen. If the Lions lose to the Giants and the Packers beat the Steelers, two things we don't think are going to happen, then the Bears really have nothing to play for. And the fact that Tressman left it open, he said, well, we'll see then. Maybe then we'll make some decisions. Makes me think he's thought about it. There's an outside chance. There's also an outside chance the Eagles won't have anything to play for, or a good chance if the, if the Cowboys win early. They say they are playing their starters. So that's something to watch for. That the Bears could wind up sitting, guys. So in that an scenario, outside chance, very it, small chance. In that scenario, they would have nothing to play for because the Week 17 finale against the Packers would mean everything. Exactly. Yeah. And remember, the league flexed out Ravens Patriots <laughs> for this game. Yeah, you know they're wishing, they're hoping that doesn't happen. It's a small chance, but a chance. Let's wrap it up with the Monday night game: the Atlanta Falcons heading to San Francisco. I understand why ESPN was excited when they got this game booked. Back uh, back in the summer, but now it doesn't look so good. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons stink, as we know, and the Niners are peaking, as we expected. Wes, blowout city, right? Yes, no question. <laughs> no question. The Falcons are terrible. I, I, was, I went back and watched that game early this morning. Kirk Cousins was just dropping bombs on that secondary, hitting Pierre Garçon in stride. I'll, direct, I'll drop Robinson a few times. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was awful. That secondary is just terrible. Going Berman on us there, sort <laughs> yes. of. Yeah. This is an argument for uh, flexing Monday night football games. Mm. 
that could almost be done on week 16. Maybe not. It's a, it'd be logistically difficult. Uh, John Ever since I was a kid. But maybe the last one of the year, that would like, be good. Growing up, I always found the last Monday night season game depressing because it was the end of night football, essentially, you know, that week-to-week biorhythm. But when you get a game like this, I may not even be there. To, I'll watch it on Game Rewind, but I might find something better to do that night. The last game in Candlestick Park history. I guess I guess that's reason to watch. Unless they play at home in the playoffs. I could just drive up to who wants, Which is almost impossible. Drive up there? Is John Gruden going to do any research for this game, or is he just going <laughs> to spend the week hanging out in San Francisco, one of the great American cities? On a public podcast, I'm going to say that I think he's going to work very hard and <laughs> get <laughs> you know, I don't even know what I'm talking Why would Corporate he not do drone. any research? I don't know, because why should he? Does he, he notoriously stinks. do no research for I games? I don't know. I don't know anything about the man. Kaepernick. <laughs> looking good lately. Greg just drops a yeah, name of a player. In the Kaepernick is looking good lately. <laughs> and I just want to say about the Falcons, they were one of my favorite teams to watch when they had Julio Jones. Now they're painful to watch. They're how Mark feels about the Bengals. Yeah, plus they're, you put them in a dome. Oof. Yeah, it's Oofa. doubly painful. Oofa, indeed. Oh, I can't say anything good about that team. All right, so that's it. We will be back on Sunday uh, going over all of these games. And, uh, you know, tonight you guys are going to be at my Christmas party. So get excited. Hopefully no more apologies come out of that one. No, we're going to do this one right. Okay, until Sunday, this is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, Kevin Patrick coming at you, and the gold standard behind the glass. Until Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.